0: Welcome to Straight and Curly, a podcast for self-improvement junkies. I'm Kelly Exeter. And I'm Carly Jacobs. This is episode 146.
1: Hello and welcome to Straight and Curly. I'm going to jump straight in and say, how are you going, Kel? Oh, I'm not too bad Carl
0: I'm okayish um so those who are in our Facebook group know that we had to take a little break with the podcast because in May I lost one of my best friends nat to cancer um and I don't I don't really know what to say about that to be honest because um yeah I took a break from the podcast because I thought I'd give myself a couple of months to to deal with Nat's death but the truth is I actually haven't dealt with it at all uh, for any number of reasons but the main one is uh, by the end of last year I was so sick of myself um, by which I mean like sick of my own energy and I don't know if you know if people understand what I'm saying but um yeah it was just I just was for obvious reasons but just carrying this really heavy sad energy with me everywhere and um you know I just just Eventually got to the point, and, you know, it's all very well for people to go, well, uh, duh, you know, you lost your husband, you know, father of your children, you've got two kids. So yeah, you, you know, Obviously, you're feeling like that. But, you know, sometimes I think I just got to the point where I could barely stand to be around myself, much less than inflict myself on on other people. So, yeah, I don't know if it was just the benefit of time. I don't know if it was getting all the horrible first out the way Um, or whether I just made it a, a, like a subconscious decision that... Like I just can't stand being this state anymore. I need to just come out of it. But for whatever reason, I did come out of that really heavy energy state.
1: Yeah, I remember us discussing it and it was, yeah. it was interesting because I remember talking about um, it's a fiction book but it's the um, Marion Keys Anybody Out There book and yeah. I, I haven't experienced grief anywhere near the way that you have, but it's about the year of firsts and how when you reach the first anniversary, it's um, heavy and light at the same time because yes. you have gotten through the first year. And I mean, like, I, I I, don't know if that, I don't know if you've read that book or if anybody else has read it. Um But yeah, I, I just remember kind of watching with interest how you were going to feel at the end of a year of that first and it, it, was, year, yeah. it was pretty typical of, of what I was expecting from you I mean
0: yeah no it was I wasn't sure either like you know how I was you know gonna go because to me like that first year was just like it went in the blink of an eye like I got to the first anniversary and I was like how am I here it like how so has quickly. it been a year you know um and so it was really jarring, but then yeah, it did get you know. I did find probably towards the end of February, so you know, you know, thirteen months on, I did start to just have a you know just to have a lighter energy about me where I just didn't feel like you know I was just carrying this heaviness everywhere with me. So um, yeah. So what you know, all of which to say is, you know, even you know, lost natural cancer, always knew it was going to happen. Um, We knew that the cancer that she had was terminal, so it wasn't a surprise. It was just, we just didn't know when or And how. she's been sick
1: for a number of years, hasn't she?
0: Yeah. So we did get a good solid two years out of her, but it, and it, it just happened very quickly, which is really how she wanted it. She didn't want to be having this really long horrible Mm. slow decline like she wanted to be here and having a great quality of life and then she wanted to be gone and so she got to go the way that she wanted which I'm so grateful for um but you know it was very fast and also it was in the time of COVID so when she went into hospital we weren't allowed to go and see her so um even in even in Perth even in Perth. We uh, were just starting so you know it was lucky her husband got to be with her whereas maybe a month earlier he wouldn't yeah. even he wouldn't have been able to and then at the very end her sister and her um kind of really immediate family got to go in at the very very end which again <sighs> if it had been a month earlier nobody would have been able to wow. so we were very lucky in that regard. Um but yes yeah, so it was all you know all of that but um so, you know so I guess I've just been really focusing on The positives of like, look, we knew this is going to happen. You got, um, you got an extra two beautiful years with your friend that, you know, you didn't get with that. That was very sudden and gone. Um, so you're trying to focus all that, but you know, yeah, I've just found myself going, I just can't deal with this because I don't want to go back. And yeah, I don't want to go back to that state of heavy energy. And even though there's part of me that knows very much that what you're going to have to at some stage
1: yeah
0: um yeah I think my brain has just gone I can't do it not yet so yeah long way of saying I haven't you know I took the break from the podcast to kind of deal with it haven't really dealt with it but you know ultimately I was like you know what I just want to talk to Carly again (laughs) because you know I do get a really lovely boost of energy talking to you so here we are Carls you know and you know and how are you because you know I haven't even touched on COVID and the fact that you know, while things in WA, which is where I live on the west coast of Australia, we're almost back to normal um, yeah. for all <laughs> intents and purposes um, because we don't have any community transmission. Only, uh, only new cases are. Uh, people coming home from overseas and they're going straight into co- hotel, um, hotel quarantine. But, of course, we're watching what's going on in Victoria, which might be on the other side of the country, but it's still Australia and it's just yeah, horri- It's horrifying. You know, it, if someone's listening from the US, they would be looking at Victorian numbers going, what are you guys even talking about? Yeah. Like you've got a couple hundred new f- cases a day, but we had gotten down to in the under 10 yeah, you know, it was we, we got days. to the point
1: in Melbourne where we had zero new cases for quite a few days in a row and then it ended up being just a few more. Um, but yeah, we had a massive, um, outbreak that, um, has been tied to a whole variety of different things. Um, but yeah, where so Melbourne is in lockdown, which is where I used to live. Um so Melbourne, the city, is in lockdown. Melbourne but not the, the whole city. State yeah. of Victoria. No. And I think um there's a few, there's a few kind of further out areas that are in full lockdown as well. Uh we're still on lesser restrictions here. So they changed a few of our restrictions. We were allowed to have 10 people in our homes, but they changed that to five. Uh, yeah. which doesn't really affect us much because we don't know <laughs> anyone anyway. Uh, but the the border closure, they've closed the border between Victoria and New South Wales, which is really scary for me because my parents are on the other side of that border. They're in the ACT. So in the last lockdown, we weren't allowed to visit each other, but the border wasn't closed. And essentially it's the same thing but there's just something about there being a border closure between my parents and I, that's mm. really freaking me out and I don't like it um, simply because I don't know when it's going to op- open back up again. Um, and also, yeah, it's, there's just something about the physical, like I would never have broken the rules anyway, and I wouldn't break the rules from now, but just yeah I just never thought in my lifetime I'd see a border closure between my parents and I and my friends as well like we had friends that were supposed to come and visit last weekend and they couldn't come and you know their six-year-old cried because they 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 came to visit us a couple of months ago and this kid just had the time of his life because we've got this massive backyard and he would just disappear he would just go and just
0: like I haven't been to your house but everything that I've seen of it just looks like a kid's
1: paradise it is like an
0: adult's (laughs) paradise but also a kid's (laughs) paradise
1: yeah. So we're on just under two acres. So there's kind of like a little mini forest and it's all fenced in. So the parents just like, as long as you don't go further than the fence, do whatever the hell yeah, you want. Yeah. So <laughs> they just like go off. So yeah, so that was really disappointing. Um, we're, we're fine here. My, um, gym went back. So at least I still get to go to my gym classes, which are my saving grace because they locked down last time and I nearly. Like, went, your mind. went completely nuts. <laughs> it's funny the things that make you lose your mind, isn't it? Like. Oh, unbelievable. Like, I went for a walk every day, but it's just not the same thing. I need to start oh, my no. day with a proper, like, intense, sweaty exercise session. And, the yeah. like, the older I'm getting, the more I know what I need. And I just need 45 minutes of a F45-esque type workout, and I have a much better day than if I didn't. So, that's all back, which is yeah. good. Um And, you know, but... With the border being closed and Melbourne in lockdown, I'm literally cut off from 99% of the people that I know. Yeah. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm making friends here. Like, I'm really working hard on that. And I do have, you know, some, some lovely friends here um, that I've made through childcare. And I'm part of a local book club group and we're having play dates and stuff. So I have people that I text and hang out with. And so, you know, that's becoming more of a thing, which is fantastic. Um, so we are really very lucky and, you know, we have work and we're in a really safe area but not knowing when I get to see my parents again is really tough um, and especially as I thought that that part was over but it wasn't. So Yeah, yeah.
0: that's it. I think that's the hardest thing for Victorians at the moment <laughs> is that um, before the whole country was in lockdown so everybody was in the same situation but now if you're in Melbourne, you're watching yeah. All these other states back doing their sport, back doing kids back at school, back going to pubs and stuff. Yeah. I went to a footy game yesterday with you now you're 25,000 people at it. I was a little bit nervous and yeah. I like did not touch anything I did not have to touch and I was constantly sanitizing my hands, but that opportunity was open to me. It's just, it's not. And you know, so that's hard, I think, for Victoria or for people in Melbourne at the moment watching. That It's not like we're all yeah. in this together anymore. It's like it's us and everyone's looking at us like we're a bunch of losers when, in fact, I just think Victoria, there's been a little bit of mismanagement, but it's mostly been a bad luck, I think. I so. think it's
1: absolutely bad luck. I think Dan Andrews has handled it very well. We had the toughest restrictions of any state, and I think it's just proof that it was bad luck. And there's yeah. a lot of rhetoric going on about – um <laughs> did you hear about the – uh, security company that he hired and how the security guards were having sex with the yes. people it was just <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to comment on that but I um like a, but I don't think they were the they were definitely
0: part of the problem but I'm not oh, certain that no. they were the whole no, problem definitely not the whole <laughs>
1: problem but there's there's just a whole bunch of stuff that people like oh well you shouldn't have hired them and and you're kind of just like well you know, you should just be able to hire security companies and expect them to do the security job.
0: like, And that they're not going to sleep with the people that they're
1: exactly. supposed to be keeping secure. I mean, like, that, and- that, was, that was an unprecedented result. So I, yeah. um, I'm actually quite pleased with what Dan Andrews has done and I think it's just proof that, you know, this is a disease. It's not rational it's not going to follow, um, predictable paths that we think it's going to follow. Um, I, my worry with lockdown this time, and I'm seeing it a lot in myself is that I'm being a little bit petulant about it. So I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of like, I was so good the last time and I am for all <laughs> intents and purposes quite a rational person. And, you know, I, I don't like it when people don't break the rules and I don't like it when, when people have these um, irrational childish responses to all of these lockdowns and these rules that we need. But part of me is like, why do you need to close the border guys? Like Melbourne's in lockdown. Can't I just go and visit my mum? And then part yeah. of me is also just like all of the, the outbreaks are happening in factories. Why does that mean I can't visit my mum? Like, I'm just, I'm yeah. so grumpy about it. I'm just like, just, just, just let my parents come and visit me and I'll shut up. You can do whatever the hell, hell you want. That's all I need. And when they took that away from me again, I was just like, oh, man, this this sucks. But anyway – I think we just have to <laughs> knuckle down, do what we need to do, and I think we really need to rein in our expectations. I am writing off Christmas. I'm not expecting to be able to see anyone. Oh,
0: God, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just making no future pie. I'm just no. like so grateful for everything. Like, so say Jaden's basketball, like his kind of junior um elite competition started back on the weekend, which has been a really, really long time coming, and I just said to all the boys, like, just be so grateful that you are getting to play and we don't know how long we're going to get to play for. Like don't have yeah. any expectations that you're going to get a whole season here because who Victoria has shown us very clearly that this can get out of hand really quickly, so quickly. and as soon as it gets out of hand, all sport is
1: off so and make, it can get, get out K. of hand when you've been doing better than other that's right in your restrictions so i think exactly. that, I think melbourne's victoria is a very good warning um to everyone so moving right along we're going to go with recommendation of the week uh i don't know how to pronounce this but it's the band uh it's hame it's h-a- I am, it's either Haim or Haim, I don't know, but they're sisters. So <laughs> <laughs> this is my recommendation and I thought I discovered them uh, and I thought that they were like really cool and underground. Like I heard them on Apple Music. I was like listening to a random – I listened to the radio stations on Apple Music. So oh, right. it'll it all <laughs> like just – you know, show up. And I was listening to this song and I was like, I really, really like this song. And I looked them up and I was like, oh, these guys, you know, this is going to be my cool band that I discovered before anyone else. And then I went to Instagram <laughs> and they've got like a million followers and they're super popular. <laughs> and they've been around for like seven years. So, um yeah, I didn't discover them. But if you, like me, have literally never heard of them before, uh, they are called Haim or Haim. I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh And their song, I Don't Wanna, is fantastic. It's a real kind of... Modern day Wilson Phillips vibe, um, yeah, they're very poppy. Yeah. I, I looked it up when I saw it in your notes, and I
0: listened to it. And yeah, yeah it's, it is very Wilson Phillips. Yeah, day, yeah, perfect yeah. description.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then just every time I listen to it, it just kind of gives me a little a little buzz. So I have completely given up on my fantasy of being a cool music person <laughs> discoverer. Who, I'm just not. That's just not who I'm. I will just continue to discover things seven years after they're cool. So <laughs> Yeah,
0: fair enough. Oh yeah, I mean you and me both. I'm worse than you. Well, in in ep- my recommendation is in episode 145, which was the last episode of last season where we did a QA, someone asked us a question about skincare. And I admitted mm-hmm. that I had never given a great deal of thought to skincare because I've always had very low maintenance skin.
1: And I was the same. And, um,
0: and you were the same. Um, but the one thing I have had for the past like almost two years I reckon, was this tiny bit of irritated skin on my face near the corner of my mouth. And both um, corners or one corner? No, just and not even right in the corner. It was kind of like between the corner of my mouth and my chin. And it was just on, you know, and it was maybe the size of I don't know, a fingernail, a thumbnail. And it was just this you know, so it would flare up and be really irritated and red. And then I would put cortisone cream on it. Cause that was the only thing that seemed to make it go down, but it you know, it wasn't even like it flared up like with my period or anything. It was like it would flare up like two or three days out of every week. And I was constantly putting cortisone cream on and even knowing full full well that this is not a sustainable thing to be doing or really great to be doing on your face. Um but I just I was like, I need to go see a dermatologist about this. But I just can't be bothered finding a dermatologist and then going to the dermatologist,
1: and um, and then also like it goes away for a couple of days and then you forget about it, and then yeah, it flares back up again, and you are right. like, how much of a problem is this really?
0: Exactly. We're just on the scale of everything that I could give my my time and energy to. I was like, look, the cortisone cream, but you know, it's funny how, bam, all of a sudden, it's two years. So anyway, I was um I was at the beautician and I had um and I said to her, oh look, I've got this bit of irritated skin on my face. You know, is there something? I'm just putting cortisone cream on it at the moment, which I know is bad. Is there something else I could be putting on that? And she said, Oh yeah, I think we'll probably have I think we've got a sample here of something that I think would work really well and I'll give it to you. And then she forgot, I forgot, and then, you know, I was at home and I'm just like, Oh so that that beautician thought that she had something that wasn't just like a dermatology thing. Um so I had mentioned Sh- Sadashi in the last podcast uh, because I love how it smells and it's all natural, and I love Megan, um, who was the creative Sadashi. So Cause I thought, you, oh. you
1: did her book, didn't you?
0: Yeah, I worked on her book um, with her. So I edited her, her, um, yeah, her book, uh, self care and start startups and self care. So, uh, so I was like, oh, okay, I'll look up and see if Sadashi's got anything for like. You know, I didn't even know what it would be called. But anyway, I found it and it was called Sadashi Blemish Treatment. So I thought, and it was $100, which is not a small amount of money. No. But, I was, but I was thinking to myself, well, going, you know, the effort in, involved in finding a dermatologist, going to a dermatologist and paying a dermatologist is a lot more than $100. What have I got to lose? I'll give it a crack. At least it'll smell nice. <laughs> so <laughs> this is how I choose my skincare.
1: And um, anyway, I think so that's so valid. That's such a valid way to do it. Yeah,
0: well, I just thought, look, I don't have time to go to a dermatologist. Let me have a crack at this. It's a, for me, a relatively low cost experiment. So I tried it and it bloody worked. You're I could not believe it. Like, so I tried it kind of not really actually thinking it was going to work, but I just thought, look, I'll give this a go. And if it doesn't work, that will be like my trigger to go and see a dermatologist for this thing on my skin. And it worked. It worked within three or four days. Now I've got this massive thing of blemish treatment that.
1: Well, maybe it'll, (laughs) maybe it'll flare up again. And then you can. (laughs) maybe I'll get to use
0: it again. But yeah, not only, yeah, because I expected it would work and then maybe it would flare again. But you know, it's been over a month. It has not flared again. Um, But how good's that? That's amazing.
1: Maybe, maybe gift it on to somebody else so that they can use it before it expires. That's idea.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. So, diet treatment, if you've got any kind of like a bit of like kind of that hormonal irritation on your skin or any kind of irritation on your skin, what have you got to lose? Have a crack. And anyway, I'm just really proud that I've actually got a recommendation of the week that people can actually buy <laughs> as opposed to something like totally random But they just go, right, we'll take that as a comment, Kelly. Thanks for that.
1: Yeah, because yeah. a lot of your recommendations aren't things you can buy. <laughs> no, they're sorts. like, Oh, watch the sunset. Yeah, or like that time <laughs> when you were like, oh, there's this salad place near me that has this really great dressing. <laughs> it's like, cool, Kel, that is applicable to no one except you. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: that's. I was actually going to give a shout-out to my um my You know, so this is another random shout-out and this podcast is going to go for two hours. Oh, my God, it totally is. (laughs) I have to give her a shout-out. So I just want that person that just goes to whatever hairdresser and I just go, look, just cut it into a bob and send me on my way, okay? Don't even blow-dry it because I'm probably going to go and do some exercise. Anyway, I got to the point where I was, you know, my my greys were showing through. I was looking in the mirror and just going, oh, God, I just – I feel like a hundred thousand years old <laughs> and like, I think grief has really done a job on me. So, and, and then, you know, it's starting to mess with my head a bit. And so
1: I call my friend. Also Elsa, COVID, like did all of your hairdressers close over there? Oh
0: yeah, totally. But, yeah. um, but you know, but then I could get someone to come to the house and, um and do it for us. Not, not during while things were closed, but afterwards. Um, But just, you yeah, know, I'm as lazy with my hair as I am with my skin. I just put in the the minimum amount of effort. Anyway, poor Elsa, who's a a close friend of mine from school, um, from the kids' school, poor girl, she's done my hair for now two funerals, aunt's funeral and Nat's funeral. And she said after doing it for Nat's (laughs) funeral, she's like, you know, it would be really nice if I could do your hair for something that wasn't a funeral. (laughs) Oh, And and I was like. I was like, yep, you're right. You're so right. And again, hairdresser is something a bit like a dermatologist. I find it really hard to find the energy to book in, go to the hairdresser, sit there for two hours, blah, 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 blah. My life's busy. Anyway, I got so sick of looking at myself in the mirror and not loving what I was seeing. and I, So I rang Elston. I went, okay, look, can I come to you? Can I get you to do my hair? I just, I might need a whole restyle. I don't know what I need. I just, just don't like what I look. I just don't like what I see when I look in the mirror. Anyway, I went to her and she just did a really brilliant cut. And when I say for me a brilliant cut is when I do it for myself the next day, it falls and sits similar to how it looked like when I walked out of the salon. So shout out to Elsa at Spoilt Hair Retreat in Wembley in Perth. (laughs) So anyone who lives in Perth, go see Elsa. And um, thank you, Elsa. I was so glad that I got to give you something to do that wasn't a funeral here.
1: <laughs> okay, we've got to move on. Carly's random thing of the week. Oh, uh, this actually popped up this week, and it's so like this is this is a truly Carly random thing. <laughs> so it's called. <laughs> Called chicken day <laughs> and i don't actually think i've mentioned chicken day before and if i no. have please tell me you've got a pretty good memory for my random stuff yeah I've, i don't remember chicken day i've got a shocking memory for who i've told things to including you so um <laughs> which is weird because when i tell you i tell thousands of other people and so often yeah. people be like oh, i've already heard that story and i'll be like but i didn't tell it to you and they'll be like yeah but i heard it on the podcast i'm like damn i have to stop using my good stories on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. um so chicken day uh when Ben and I first started dating, this is over 14 years ago now, he was making chicken for dinner and one of his brother's mates, Jack, came over and Ben went to shake his hand and said something along the lines of, oh, oh I've got chicken all over my hands. That's why they call me Chicken Fingers. <laughs> and Jack goes, I'm going to call you Chicken Fingers on this day every year for the rest of your life. So this was 12 years ago and it's uh, uh, only about 12 years ago and it's now morphed into Chicken Day, which is the 15th of July and Jack finds some way every year to either make Ben touch chicken or he gives him chicken or he whispers chicken fingers in his ear. Like one year he just randomly walked up to us at a cafe and handed Ben some chicken sushi. And then there's just been like all of these different things. Like he once sent Ben a chicken. It's been it's been going on for years and years. And then this year he posted this weird little video on Facebook saying it was chicken day. I'm pretty sure he got like I'm pretty sure it was a scene from the movie Oliver. And um I'm pretty sure it was Oliver. And then this little kid goes, It's chicken day, sir. And he'd like dubbed over, the, <laughs> dubbed over the top of it. So it's really weird and funny, and we get caught off guard every single year until we like see Jack lurking around a corner waiting for your chicken fingers at Ben. Um, he's never missed a chicken day and it's been yeah close to 12 years now and he's had three children in that <laughs> time so this guy's mega committed and the only reason why I was thinking about chicken day was because Ben and I always forget it and then it just pops up and then yeah. we're just like, oh, my God, it's freaking Chicken Day and we forgot about it. And because we're recording this a couple of days after Chicken Day, I was like, I haven't told everyone about Chicken Day. So that's, oh, that's my terrific. random story
0: of the week. That is, that's, real, that's a real commitment to the cause there. That is, that's unreal from Jack. Shout out, Jack. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, all right. So on to topic of the week and we are going to do the top, so I'll try that again, the topic. <laughs> is living and thriving in uncertain times. And this was requested by Kerry in our Facebook group uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, So COVID is affecting everyone in the world differently, but the common thing is we're all affected in some way. And there's just a ton of uncertainty at the moment around jobs, around health, around education, when we're going to see loved ones again and and kind of what plans we can make for the future. I think that's obviously the thing that's really unsettling for most people is, you know, we just don't know what we can plan for, certainly no long-term plans at the moment. And, you know, look, the human brain does not cope well with open loops and a lack of surety and the human brain doesn't really cope with a lack of purpose either, which mm. is when you can't plan for the future, y- you do feel a bit purposeless. So, um, yeah, all the uncertainty of COVID is sending most of us into a spin, even the people who typically cope well with moving feasts. Shout out to you people because I admire you so much. I'm not one of you. Uh, Yeah. So today we're going to share the things we feel can kind of help you, I guess, at best ground yourself in these uncertain times. Um, I don't know about thriving.
1: Who can thrive in uncertain times? Yeah, exactly. I just wanted to throw a little (laughs) bit of that. I wrote that title. just wanted to throw something a little bit optimistic in there. Um, so this is a massive caveat with this episode that we are not experts and we are losing our shit in the exactly same way that everyone else is. So we have good days and bad days and Kel's having an even rougher time than most. So, I mean, look, that's either a blessing or a curse if you want to look at it as added anxiety or, you know, an okay distraction, but, um, yeah, I, I do know that a lot of people look towards Kelly and I for um, life advice, but, yeah, we are just as in it as you guys yeah. are at the moment, and that's kind of comforting because we're, we're kind of all in it together. Um So, yeah, here are our tips. My first tip is to focus on the basics. So what we're doing at the moment is moving for we're moving every day. We are eating well and making sure that we're spending quality time with Harriet, so, you know, focused on her and not you know, being on our phones and doing all that kind of stuff. And that's pretty much it. So neither of us are trying to epically expand our careers or start studying or renovating the house. We are at absolute basic level of functioning and that's good and it's working for us. And most of the time we feel okay and we're generally quite happy as long as we're sticking to those basics and we're not trying to move mountains or, you know, learn quantum physics. We're just getting through the day. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Um yeah, or the um I, I just remember all the COVID lockdown big plans people had. And oh I just my don't god. Know that anybody actually followed through in any of those. But um and, and not judging those people because it just really wasn't practical to, you know, better yourself during
1: No, during lockdown. definitely
0: not. Um so, yeah, my, my first tip is similar-ish to Carly's. It's a bit of an extension of her point. Mine is to have base routines to fall back on. Uh, so I know last year when we lost Aunt, we, as in my family, Jade and Mia and I, we had a lot of routines in place in our lives already, and those routines were just an absolute saviour with regard to making life feel a tiny bit normal and in control, control being the key word there, uh, especially in these times of uncertainty, just in amongst all the grief and the pain and the sadness but i do hear people thinking but what if we don't have routines to fall back on and that is fine because it's never too late to create them because we when we went you know when we went into lockdown i did not have all my routines were no good for lockdown because nobody was going anywhere so we had to create a lockdown routine for our house and once we did that, lockdown actually became not easy but very, very bearable but until we figured out what that kind of workable daily routine was which involved, you know, it was a very rough like, you know, wake up in the morning and we go out and we do exercise and we have breakfast and that and then the kids would go on their iPads for two hours while I worked for two hours and then we would have a two-hour break where we um, did something, I can't even remember what, and then two hours of work two hours iPads again and then the afternoon we went out it was summer so we were going to the you know just going down to the beach for an hour and then we would come home and then we would have dinner and then we would you know and we had this really lovely routine going that was so much so that the kids didn't want to go back to school when they got to go but you know that's how um, embedded your lovely routines can become. So yeah even if you don't have any routines at the moment you would be surprised that If you create one, how effective that can be at just making you feel
1: stable, Uh, at times like this? My second tip is to take advantage of the times when you do feel good. Um, I don't know if anybody else is like this. I'm assuming they are. I've seen a lot of memes pertaining to this, (laughs) but I am very up and down at the moment, both physically and mentally. Some days I wake up thinking, yeah, I can do this. This is great. Then the next day I wake up going, oh God, what is the world? What is life? (laughs) Um, So when I'm feeling good, I really go hard. I get up, I go to my boot camp, I sort my admin out, I get my work done. Oh, Oh, and by the way, I am doing a boot camp, and it is outdoors in Beechworth in like two degrees oh. at 6am. You have no idea how tough I'm being right now. I am like, I am next friggin' level. Although it, random side note, I'm finding it really hard to warm up again. So like I obviously, because you know, it's two degrees, sometimes minus two degrees <laughs> and I'm exercising and I come home and I have a shower and I get warm and the house is warm, but there's just this like seeping coldness that I can't shake on days when I have boot camp. If anyone has any tips for that, I would love to hear it. I'm not usually a very cold. No, actually, I'm lying. I'm, I'm, I'm an extreme temperatures person. I'm either too hot or too cold, basically, most <laughs> you know, of the time.
0: Lovely and warm in the middle. <laughs> I'm
1: very rarely temperate. This is why I like spring and autumn because <laughs> I'm too hot or too cold in summer or winter. But yeah, if anyone has any tips for that, let me know. Uh, yeah, so I, I get my work done. Um, and yeah, because I know that one day I'm going to wake up soon and more often than I usually do without the extra energy to do anything. Um, Harriet also had a really, really rough week, which she just came out of and it was really depleting and time consuming. And she's usually a really chill kid. So this was, this really threw us and it was quite a while. Um, so yeah. So, yeah, so in in the week where she she just basically turned into this, like, emo baby from the planet of sadness and all I did (laughs) each day was just the bare minimum. I just got up, I did my work, I went for a walk, I ate something decent, and the rest of the time I just looked after her and I was able to do that because I did everything that I could when I felt good. Like, I feel – as if we, we just don't have time for complacency right now. So if you wake up yeah. in the morning and you're like, Oh, I feel physically fine. I might just skip the gym this day. You don't know when your gym's going to close. You don't know if you're going to wake up feeling like the world's going to explode tomorrow. You don't know if your teenager's going to have a COVID-related meltdown on Friday. I just feel like when you can snatch those moments when you feel good to be as productive as you possibly can in those moments, because I think we're all being hella unproductive in the rest of the time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I agree. That is Excellent advice. Um, my second tip is to focus on what you do feel certain about, or well, not focus, but just at least write it down. So yeah, whenever I find myself, this kind of my go-to for when my I, I'm absolutely crushed by the anxiety of uncertainty, I've found that making a list of the things I am certain about at that particular point in time to be incredibly helpful. So it, it does kind of skate very closely to being a bit of a gratitude exercise which I have put my hand up in the past and said I'm not a fan of uh usually because I use gratitude as a tool for self flagellation like oh my god look at all the great things you've got in your life how dare you feel like you know down on yourself so that's why I stay away from gratitude so this is kind of a way of doing gratitude without the self flagellation side of things um but, you know, being been able to write things like, you know, I'm certain I have a warm bed to sleep in. I'm certain my kids are here at home with me. I'm certain that my parents are at ho- their home safe, you know. I know that I can walk out the door and take the dogs for a walk today. I know that if I make no money for the next three months, I have like my little account there that is set up to look after that. And I know that that's not everything. That's not something everyone has, but I'm just saying that these, these are the things that you have and you would be surprised at how many things – You do have. And the list of things that you are certain about is actually really incredibly long once you start making that list. Um, So, I kind of like the analogy I think of is that look, uncertainty is like this massive raging storm. But all these things that I'm certain about is the strong, secure brick house that I'm currently living in. So, even though I can't do anything about that storm and it can probably most likely damage my house. It's not going to knock my house down and leave me standing in the storm for the, you know, um, the foreseeable future. So I don't know. Might be a really bad analogy. I that don't was know. An amazing I- analogy, Kel. I'm <laughs> sitting here being like,
1: that is like freaking poetry, man. <laughs> Sometimes when we're doing these and we do our tips and you just whip out one of your really beautiful, heartfelt <laughs> analogies, I'm just like, you're just such a good person, like, really. Oh,
0: thanks. Because, yeah, I was thinking about I'm like, I don't even know if this is actually a thing, but this is what it looks like in my head and maybe it works for somebody
1: else. I didn't read for that to sound so sarcastic, by the way, but I'm just like, well done, Kel, <laughs> like, legend. <laughs> Uh, so my tip number three is to take comfort in the fact that everyone, oh, this is going to make, this tip is going to make me sound like such a butthead next to the one that you just said. Cause yours was oh, no, so you lovely. I always
0: say that. No way. Yours
1: <laughs> is fine. <laughs> so take comfort in the fact that everyone is in the same boat and no one is getting ahead right now. So this point will speak to the more competitive listeners, but hear me when I say that no one is getting ahead right now. Even the overachievers are constantly getting blocked back and forth and, you know, by restrictions and no one is feeling secure right now. And. I, like, I'm trying to make this sound not like a. Ha, Less ha, ha, ha. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, ha ha ha, we're all screwed. Is it this horrible? <laughs> it's more, it's more like a, a shared experience and a, a sharing of, um, of grief and sadness, um, which I think is actually really helpful because I'm often finding things online that are really helpful in this particular circumstance, which is really nice because I think a lot of, um, mental wellness issues and sadness and depression and times when you're feeling down, you often feel quite alone. Whereas I think there is something quite magical in the fact that lots of people are feeling the same way that you're feeling right now. So there is a lot of help out there and there is a lot of camaraderie. Um, Yeah. And I, I feel quite comforted by the fact that I'm not alone and that I'm feeling all the ups and downs and it's totally normal and everyone is experiencing them. And I, I'm not wishing ill will on everyone. And if I could make COVID only be in one part of the world so that everyone else doesn't have to experience it in the same way, no, I wouldn't. That would be horrible because then- <laughs> Yes. <laughs> no, that analogy. <laughs> Kelly is so much better at the analogies than me. The point is, is that it's lovely that we're all in this together. Um, and we're able to provide support for each other. And the good news is, is that these ups and downs and the roller coaster of COVID, everyone's on a different roller coaster. So sometimes when you're at the bottom of a swoop on your roller coaster, someone else is at the top of theirs and they're able to help you in those moments. And then you reverse it and you can help the other person when they're in a trough of their roller coaster rather than a peak oh see there you go oh nice i just analogied you,
0: you just totally analogied i like that one mm. <laughs> um so my third tip is to control the controllables which is just the most kelly thing ever but in a fun way which is not the most kelly thing ever <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're like learning is fun guys
0: come on <laughs> um you know so look it's it's easy to yeah I'm just going to say here that it is actually quite easy to point to people like me and go you're such a control freak but I just need you to know that like literally everybody in the world is a control freak it is a spectrum thing and we're all just somewhere on the control speak control freak spectrum because as I mentioned earlier the human brain does not like unresolved things and open loops um so we all have a level of need for control and in the face of huge uncertainty, taking control of even the tiniest thing can give us a tiny boost and you never know like how effective even that just tiny little boost can be. So look, there are heaps of different ways you can do this and some are even quite fun. So look, <laughs> <And> now- <laughs> so look, what's fun for me may not be fun for you, but because <laughs> I was just about to say, You could clean out a drawer
1: in the kitchen. (laughs) And Kelly has very specific ideas about where the knives, forks, and spoons go. So if you want to know the right way to do it, just tag her in the Facebook group and she'll sort you out. But
0: honestly, (laughs) don't knock it till you've tried it, okay? So go clean out that drawer in your kitchen and tell me that that did not just give you the best feeling ever, okay? All right? Okay, Or if you want to get a bit more fun, you can color code the books on your bookshelf, which is the very first thing that I did in lockdown and it was highly satisfying. (laughs) Um, You can pay a bill. Paying bills is actually heaps more fun than people realize. Um, And here's like, you know, something that I'm not doing because I don't really go on holidays, but all you people who are just like, oh, my God, I need to leave my city, my state, my country, and I'm really – bummed out about this holiday that I'm supposed to be on and I'm not going on well set up a savings account for the holiday that you're going to go on when you're allowed to travel again so even though you don't know when that is if you have got spare money to put in that account what a great way to use that spare money I don't know I'm losing
1: a lot a bit here because I'm still stuck on cleaning out a drawer for fun
0: <laughs> um, look I, yeah. I also
1: enjoy cleaning out drawers
0: but I guess what I'm trying to say is like any little thing that you can exert control over like the amount of money in a bank account um you know the amount of like little meals in your fridge how tidy a drawer is like Anything like that that you can do is going to give
1: you a little boost. (laughs) Even like putting fresh sheets on your bed, that kind of thing.
0: (laughs) Yes. Oh, just making your bed up in the morning Mm. is a a really – you know, you don't think of it in the terms of control, but you have just controlled what you're coming back to when you go to bed that night and it's really lovely to come back to. So all these things are just little boosts that you can give yourself. Um, And you'll notice that a lot of these things, anything that you can do to also anchor yourself to the future, so that holiday savings account – um is something that's going okay I don't know where I can go in the future I don't know when I can go but I'm going to operate on the assumption that I will be able to go somewhere and I'm going to anchor myself to the future by doing this thing anything that you can do like that is going to give you just like a little bit of um control and security. equilibrium and control at at this time yes okay let's get off this <laughs> control topic <laughs>
1: Go so my tip four <laughs> is to figure out if you're a fox or a hedgehog. So I read about this concept and it comes from Psychology UK and it just helps you identify which type of a thinker you are and there's a hedgehog or a fox. So people deal with uncertainty in different ways. So according to um, Professor of Psychology at the University of Pennsylvania, Phil Tetlock, there are two types of thinkers. Hedgehogs are uncomfortable with complexity and uncertainty while foxes accept that the world is a complex place and they feel more comfortable with uncertainty. So foxes are more analytical than hedgehogs and tend to gather information from different sources. They consider the possibility of change and failure and are more likely to accept that they could be wrong. It's also important to acknowledge that you could be both at different times. And I was reading this thinking, you know, like he he was kind of saying that foxes are you know kind of go-getters and you know hedgehogs aren't and I don't actually necessarily think that that means that foxes are better than hedgehogs so this plays back Mm -hmm. into my second point of doing what you can when you feel good so when I'm feeling good I'm a fox and I can get out there and I can get shit done and when I'm not feeling good I'm a hedgehog so I'm bunkering down and healing until I feel well again so I kind of read that as um look at what phase you're in at the moment you might be like mode you're in so like rather than like what kind of person you are exactly look I mean I like that I like that being a mode rather than a a personality because I'm not always a fox like I read that and I was like oh yeah I'm totally a fox because you know as an upholder (laughs) you kind of are a fox but then you know I'm not all the time and you're not all the time and sometimes you need to have moments where you're like you know what I'm just gonna sit here and burrow my little head under my pillow and just rest and reset and ignore things for a while and then in a couple of days you'll wake up and be like, I'm feeling pretty foxy today and then that's when you can get shit done.
0: <laughs>
1: Love it. Love it. Um, my tip four is
0: to set, a time, <clears throat> set aside a time to worry each day.
1: So It's the most Kelly thing you've ever said. I,
0: I, like, I'm just going to schedule I, I, my
1: worrying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just really <laughs> useful for dealing with uncertainty without letting it just bog you down and just be the thing that is just dominating your whole day. So usually I write it in a journal or something similar. Okay.
1: So that that makes more sense. When you said it at the beginning, I just imagined you'd be like, it's 9.15, I have to sit in my corner and worry now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is kind of like it's something that's, well, don't do, I I don't suggest doing this at night because then it will dominate your dreams. I really suggest doing this first thing in the morning. Just sit down and journal it out. You don't need a journal. You just need a piece of paper. You could even write it on a piece of paper and light it on fire afterwards. Whatever symbolism works for you, do it. (laughs) But the point being is that you you just pour out all your worries onto paper. For me, when I put my worries onto paper, I usually – like seeing them written down makes them seem less big and worrisome um and often to be honest they're the worries of the privileged um and again I try not to self you know self-flagellate with that I just try to acknowledge that look these are pretty good worries that you've got here like oh I'm worried that Jaden won't get to have a basketball season like you know that's not a worry yeah it, it is but it it isn't in the grand scheme of things like it's not like i'm fighting for survival i'm not sure we're going to make it that's that's kind of a and i don't want to rate people's worries and i don't want to say certain worries are more um worrisome than others i just want to say like you depending on who you are you might be able to look at them and go right like now that i've written them down i can see that in the grand scheme of problems, the problems I have are pretty good problems. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, in giving myself permission to worry, I can also then tell myself, right, the rest of today you can try and put a bit of a more positive, a positive spin on things because I do also, <laughs> I do also worry about um, toxic positivity. So I don't oh want to be that God, person. Tell me about it. Who, yeah. It's just, like nobody wants to be that person who just is everything is, everything's fine and everything's good. And oh, you just got to put a positive spin on it. And like, we want to be able to worry and we want to be able to acknowledge that this is a problem for us. But then I think the key is you just don't want it to be so dominant in your day that it drags you down and stops you doing anything. So I think it's a healthy way of acknowledging your worries, but also allowing yourself to move ahead and saying, right, from this point on and today, I'm just going to reframe things to just have a bit more of a positive spin because I've i set aside my time for worrying. On
1: kicked our ass, uh, which is still topical <laughs> to this, Carl. Uh, yeah, mine was just the border closing. So we followed the rules last time and I didn't see my parents until we were allowed to, but there was no physical closure of the border that time. And the, the border closing this time was very sudden. It happened like there was 12 hours notice. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really not been great for my mental health. I just never ever thought in my lifetime that there would be law enforcement preventing me from driving to see my parents. And I'm, I'm pushing it aside at the moment and not really, um, acknowledging it because my parents came and visited like three times in the one month that we were allowed to have visitors. So I've seen my parents a little less than I would have ordinarily. Um, And I wasn't due to see my parents until August at least. So, I'm probably not going to get really angry about it until halfway through August when I was due to see them anyway. But um, it's really scary and I I really don't like it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. no, Well, yeah. What's scaring me is what's going down in Victoria Mm. or what's kicking my ass is what's going down in Victoria. Because yeah, as I I mentioned earlier, we, we don't have any known community transmission in wa we might have some but we don't know about it um and yet all our cases are people who are returning to wa from overseas and all those people have to go straight into hotel quarantine when they land here uh a mandatory 14 days and i have to be tested so it's pretty safe but yeah having seen what's gone down in victoria and seen how quickly it mm. can spread and get out of control um yeah i'm quite anxious about that um so yeah, that, that anxiety is, is worrying me a little bit. But yes, what about what? What did you kick ass at, Carl?
1: I already mentioned this, but the gym restrictions have been lifted. And, um, barring last week when I was really sick, I've been in an amazing rhythm of going to do my morning exercise again and it feels really good. And yeah, I've been getting up in the freezing cold and doing my, my boot camp with Louie a couple of times a week. And there's, I actually go to two gyms now. So, um, one of them's three <laughs> days a week and one of them's two, but I'm able to patch together a exercise class every morning, which is awesome. And I'm really loving it. Perfect awesome that's
0: brilliant um my kick to is there's something that i've i've worked really hard to implement at Jaden's basketball club over the last month and and kind of everything that i helped put in place you know, it wasn't just me it was quite a lot of people involved in it um but yeah it got its first run last weekend and it looked like it worked really well and it did exactly what we were hoping so oh, that's awesome was- very satisfying take that
1: and that just about wraps it up so don't forget we do have a patreon page which keeps straight and curly in your ears and covers our production costs if you love listening to the show and you want to support it just visit patreon.com forward slash straight and curly you can also follow us on instagram at smaggle and at kelly exeter and don't forget to leave us a review because it helps other people find us
0: Yeah, and finally do jump into the Facebook group and share your thoughts about this week's show. We would love to hear more from you about what helps you thrive or if not thrive, then at least get by in these uncertain times. We'll see you in there. Thank you so much for listening to Straight and Curly.
1: This week's show notes and links will be
0: available at straightandcurly.com.
1: And if you have any questions or weird self-improvement hacks you want us to trial, you can tweet us at Kelly Exeter or at Smaggle, or you can email us at hello at straightandcurly.com.